How's it going? Brock Ashby here. Welcome to the Better With Brock podcast. In today's episode, we have on a special guest, Cindy Arevalo. We met a few years back now when we were working together for a supplement company doing a photo shoot or a video shoot. And here we are today doing something very different, sitting down and having a chat on the podcast. She's a professional competitive bodybuilder, Australian bikini champion, and she's currently prepping for a bodybuilding show in 2024. In the podcast, we talk about her nutrition, her training, the ups and downs of dieting and prepping for a bodybuilding show. I don't think people really understand how much commitment, dedication, preparation it takes to compete in a bodybuilding show. The transition that she's making from WBFF to IFBB. And if you don't know what they are, that's completely fine. We talk about it in the podcast so you understand that she's transitioning divisions. But we explain what the divisions are. And lastly, we talk about why she decided to create a new social media account and make it private. And I always find it interesting to talk about social media because it's such a beast in our life. Consumes a lot of our time, sometimes more than we would like. We talk about how the fitness industry sits in social media, where we think it's potentially gone wrong and where we would like it to head and how we can use it to actually benefit our lives as opposed to suck life out of our lives, which I feel is happening to quite a lot of people. Anyway, that's enough of the intro. Let's get into the podcast. I'm super excited for you to listen to it. Cindy Aravalo, everyone. I have been, well, I compete. I've been competing for nine years, Um, but my actual job, I work for an Aboriginal design studio. So I've not been in the corporate world forever for 20 plus years, Mm. but um, competing has been my passion for the last nine years, Um, ever since I had my daughter, essentially. So it was Mm. after I had my first child. Um, I got into competing just because of the PT that I had at the time. She actually thought it was a good goal for me to to achieve, um, trying to lose baby weight and all that kind of thing. Mm. And then, yeah, it was pretty much like I just fell in love with it pretty quickly, actually. So what do you enjoy about competing? Because it looks pretty stressful. Like I've, I've been in fitness for a while, but I've yeah. never felt drawn to it. Yeah. Uh, but I've never had a coach that's been like, oh, you know, you should, go give it a go so what do you actually find exciting about it because to me it's like man you're getting very lean you're training very intensely etc etc the the list goes on yeah I mean I think the reasons have changed over the years as well like it started off with okay this is going to be a great really difficult goal for me to achieve and it's going to require a lot of determination and um at the time I was struggling with mental health because my daughter was diagnosed with intellectual disabilities. Um, she was also born hearing impaired and it was, it was a lot for me at first and I was really mm. struggling um, mentally and I think I just sort of dive in, into it I, because like I wanted to dive into something else that was going to help me feel strong and kind of really help me through those challenging times. Um, you know, and I tried other things. I tried, you know, seeking help professionally, like from a medical professional. Like it's just, it was, I think fitness has always been a go-to for me anyway, ever since I was really young. I was always really athletic. I was into basketball, netball, different kinds of sports, swimming. 
Um, and then I was a Zumba teacher, <laughs> which was really hilarious thinking back. <laughs> Zumba was so big for a minute. It was huge. My like, dad did it. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents did it too. And because I have a South American background, the, the Latin music was like, I loved it. I loved mm. it with a passion. So I had always you know, had a hobby in fitness. It was always something that I, I loved and I loved moving my body and I've always enjoyed you know looking good and feeling good right and Mm. then you know obviously competing is is so extreme but truth be told i'm actually i do have an addictive personality so it kind of really fed that as well just Mm. that part of me um so yeah i just got into it you know and you know when i look back at the very beginning it was terrible i like i had that sort of cookie cutter program where i was eating chicken and broccoli and you know it was just terrible like it's been a long long road so like i said the reasons really changed over time i've evolved as a competitor over time like so much has changed and continues to change and i think Mm. that's probably why i love it because I keep evolving as an athlete, as a person, as a mother, as a wife. It pushes me to be my absolute best. Sure, it's challenging. Sure, there's really hard things about it. Sure, there are times where I've thought, I cannot do this anymore. Like, Mm. I can't do it. Um, It took a four year, I think a three or four year break, actually, um, during COVID. And then I had my second child. So it was like four years off competing and that break actually did me like wonders. And I felt like I was actually ready to get back into it after that because I did go, go through a time where I thought it's it's really harming my mental health. I, and, and like, I don't know how far we're going to go into this, but, mm. you know, I've, I've struggled with eating disorders, like all this kind of thing that sort of started off from the beginning, the, the early stages of my um, competitive career. Mm. But I also did have a history of eating disorder. So when I was... Before you started competing. Way before, yeah. So I think it was just a trigger for that sort of, you know, those behaviours to come back. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been struggling with an eating disorder since I was about 18. Mm. Um, And then I started competing when I was 30. Mm. So, yeah, Um, it just brought a lot of those behaviours to surface purely because of those really terrible diets that I was doing, which yeah. I obviously don't do now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the nutrition has come a long way because my friend competed as well. He competed in New Zealand and he actually won a show, but yeah. he was doing a similar thing. I remember seeing him and I was young and, and didn't know too much. I, I thought he was... I had a sneaky suspicion that he may have taken like some special supplements because he was yeah. huge, <laughs> but like he didn't, but I he was just, you can buy those at the store. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was massive. And yeah. I saw him once and he was like doing these incredible lifts. He's shorter than me and was like oh, smaller damn, than me. Shorter, just so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so strong. He was like squatting. I think he squatted around like 200 or something like that. And he was doing really incredible lifts. And when, and before I trained with him earlier, he wasn't, yeah pushing out numbers like that yeah. but his diet was he he was like always having the oven on like air frying yeah baking like white fish yeah, yeah yeah tuna weighing everything yeah and 
that's kind of what we thought bodybuilding nutrition was like. That's yeah. what you have to eat. And then you'd have to have like, like this was in the era where you have to have eight meals a day. So he was always eating, timing things to perfection. Yeah, right. But things have really changed. And I think if you have a tendency or a history of eating disorders, it could be quite a task to go into that. Yeah. 100%. Weighing things. Because you have to measure calories or some people don't. If, yeah. they, if they just get a meal plan, then you can just follow it. But you still have to be very aware of what you're eating. And if that triggers something, then yeah, that can be a path that's not going to be the best for you. And I yeah. think that's why... I think there's more of a conversation around it now, but a lot of coaches aren't making that recommendation now like they yeah. used to. Yeah. Like, because a lot of personal trainers would do that and say, yeah, this is a goal because it's it's like, that's kind of like what we thought the, the peak of uh, physiques was, like mm. competing. And it still is. Yeah. But back in the day, it was more so like, oh yeah, you just compete and then you can just like give it your best shot and stuff like that. But now it's a little bit like, do you really want to do this? Because it comes with this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of negativity. I mean, it does really receive a lot of negativity. Mm. Um, and it continues to be like, there's there's two sides of it. There's a real negative side to it. And mm. there's also a really positive side, which you wouldn't really know until you are in it yourself. Mm. Um, but if, you know, going back to eating disorders, I think it's also the fact that there aren't many coaches that are, they're not asking those questions. So, you know, a client will come to a coach and, hey, I want to compete. And there's probably no conversation around the history of that person, you know, like their mental health or mm. have they, you know, had um, disorders in the past, like, you know, whatever it may be. I just think that a lot of people kind of go into competing and don't really understand that it can trigger certain things if you have that history. Mm. And, you know, restriction is is obviously the main trigger because you feel so restricted and, and then it kind of takes you, then it kind of attaches, like guilt is attached to that, right? If you make a, I don't know, if you eat off your plan or whatever it is and then the guilt eats away at yeah. you and then all of that, that's that's kind of like where you can spiral into, the, into that trap. But so for me, the early stages of my um, competitive like career, I, I honestly – I don't even know how I got through all of that, to be honest. Yeah. But then I found a really, really good coach and I've been with her for six years and we have such great communication that whenever I did feel triggered during a prep, for example, I would communicate that to her. And then for the last few preps that I did, I actually did a, like we would I'd follow macros versus a restrictive meal plan. And that really worked for me. That mm. was perfect because I didn't feel restricted. It didn't give me those triggers. It didn't, you know, I didn't, I just knew, okay, well, if I want 20 grams of chocolate at the end of the day, because that's going to, you know, I, I'm craving it or whatever the reason is, then that's great. I can do those things and I don't feel restricted and I can be happy with the process versus, you know, really struggling every day, eating the same thing. And, you know, so, but having done maybe two or three preps like that, just following macros, um, it really did me a world of like good because in the very last prep that I did, I was actually ready to do a meal plan. And the reason why I wanted to switch back to a meal plan is because we wanted to take out the variables because the issue with following macros is that, you know, they will be variables. Your body may fluctuate 
depending on what you eat. So we thought, okay, let's do follow macros for a certain period of time through the prep because I normally do about a 20-week prep. And then, and is that prep just all cutting? So you're doing like a 20-week cut or is that still some off-season? No. so um, Or some bulking? Yeah. So essentially for me, a longer prep works really well because you can do conservative calorie drops versus like an aggressive approach. Like if you start 12 weeks out, it's pretty aggressive. You're going to have really dramatic drops in your calories and no thanks. (laughs) That is not for me. So, you know, a 20 week prep is beautiful because you can just have those little, and sure enough, there will be a point where it gets really, really tough. It's inevitable for it to be. It's inevitable. That's the very challenging. Yeah. It's the name of the game. So six to seven weeks out, sure. You're going to be struggling. That's the whole point of it. You know, you're not going to be, you're at a body fat percentage is so low that it's not, it's not a sustainable way to be. So, um, those challenges will come, but having that flexibility early in my prep and really maturing as well, like as a competitor, I think has just, yeah, has been really, really good for me. And that's why I've um, sort of regained that passion for it and have grown mentally and all of those experiences that I had really early on, um, like they just seem so distant to me now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So with macros, what would a day look like versus your meal plan day? Um, in terms of like, like in terms macros. of food choices, um, I know that macros can be different. So you can eat whatever you want ultimately, as long as yeah. you tick all the boxes, which is hitting the macros. But take me through a day of what a meal plan day would look like, and like what a typical or maybe just an example day of what your macro day would look like just to give people an idea of the yeah difference. so a meal plan I mean it's it's pretty much the same it's just that you can include little things that you enjoy like um you know if in the mornings I want to have I don't know let's just say protein pancakes or something with you know sugar-free maple syrup or something whatever just um, it doesn't mean that I'm obviously going to go and eat macros every day and just Mm. as long as it fits my macros no obviously you still have to have a really good diet approach um and you need to and i still eat like that if in my off season like Mm. i rarely eat junk you know but if i do feel like it i will eat it because i'm in my off season yeah so in your off season are you just turning up the amount of foods that you're having of similar foods exactly but there will be more flexibility so um you know again when you're a seasoned competitor, you understand that your off-season is just important as your prep. So it's not just because, you know, I'm not in prep, I'm going to go and get, get fat. fat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and what you do in your off-season is, is so crucial. Like it's, it's a, even more important, you know what I mean? Because mm. then the better your off-season, the better your prep is. So, and I learned that a couple of years ago when I realised – I had a really, really good prep after having my son. Like I had a really good off season. We, you know, did a cut phase and then um, did a growth phase. And I was really regimented. I was really structured because I knew I was ready to get back into it. You know, I've, I've had time off. I'm ready to get back into it. And I understand what it takes to get to that goal. No, I'm not going to take it lightly because... I am, you know, so focused on that goal and I know what it's going to have to take. So um, I had a really, really good off season and I had the best prep of my life. Like it was amazing. It was easy to me. Like it sure got challenging towards the end, but 
it was so easy because my body it was dropping you know I was dropping weight when I needed to drop like it was just everything was flowing really nicely because I was so good in my off season and I'm still doing the same thing now like I'm very structured I eat you know really good meals I try to make them nutritious if I feel like a dirty burger every now and again, I will have it because, again, you can have that flexibility in your off-season. Like, I don't go off the rails very often. But it was actually last week where I felt like I really needed a burger and chips. And this, this is like something I do all the time. But I was, like, craving it. And then I put it all into my fitness pal because if I'm going to go off the rails, I'll go off the rails. But then at the end of the day... I'll punch it all into my fitness pal to see actually like how bad I was. And I went 40 grams over in my fats. <laughs> fats like, always the one that will get you. Yeah, always. And then I was like, oh, my God. And the guilt started to set in. But straight away I texted my coach and I was like, look, so this happened. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Do you want me to like take the fats off the next couple of days? Like how do we recover from this? And she said, you're in your growth phase, you're all good. Like it's don't mm. just continue, just pick up the next day and just get on with it. You know what I mean? And and I think those, like that's what I mean by the communication with your coach, like having that really good community. And I don't, you know, like a lot of girls don't disclose those sort of things. Like if they go off their plan or whatever, they just like let the guilt eat away and they don't tell anybody. And then it mm. just, it, it screws up with your whole process. Mm. So, yeah, when I first thought of doing a podcast in 2019, I wrote down everything that I wanted to achieve with the show. And one thing I never wrote down was to spam you with ads of products that I never really used myself. However, I did write down that I wanted to grow it as big as possible and have as many interesting people on the show as I could. To help make that happen, all I ask is that you leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to this episode on and share it with someone that you know it will benefit. If you want to support myself even further and more importantly your body transformation and are interested in having me as your coach to help you achieve the results that you just can't seem to achieve on your own, you can visit teamrockashby.com to see what program fits you best. Back to the show. I think that with those meals as well, it's not so much the physical, but also like physiological, potentially not burnout, but when you're so regimented, it's kind of like you have this voice in your head that's like, man, this is too regimented almost. Like yeah. your training's regimented and you like structure, you were saying, but like training's regimented, your nutrition's regimented and you you know, you have all these other things that you have to do, you have to work, you know, work is regimented. Yeah then there's no element of your life that's like spontaneous. Yeah. So you, if, yes, like sure, physically, maybe you wanted that burger too, but there's also that element of like, oh, this is cool because I'm not really worried about it. It's yeah. just fun. Yeah. And yeah. that's what, like, that's what I like about flexible dieting. So even me as a coach, even though I'm not coaching competitive bodybuilders yeah. in any sort of division, I'm coaching people to macros. And we're not trying to hit certain weights and drop things like, yeah, we're trying to lose fat. We're trying to build muscle. We're trying to do all of that good stuff. But I just find that flexible dieting just provides people such a better quality of life. hundred percent. Yeah. Also parents that we both are, that flexibility is nice because yeah. to have things that, well, my daughter's too young to eat what we eat, but yeah. when your children get older to eat what you eat, you can't really have these like meals if you want, 
like unless your kids are going to be sitting there eating like yeah. like competitive bodybuilders as well. Well, we actually have different meals to my kids. Exactly, so but that takes even more preparation. It does. And sometimes you may not have that bandwidth or even time to to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we we we've we're pretty organized and I think you know credit to my husband for supporting me competing for so long. He actually helps me with the organization, with the prepping. You know, he will bulk cook some meat for me or bulk cook chicken. And we have rice on rotation at home, for example, and potatoes. <laughs> the rice and, cooker will be getting know, hammered. Yeah, like it's, it, they're the staples. <laughs> and yeah. if it means that I have to have chicken and rice two, three times a day because it's, that's all I've had time to prep, then that's what I'll do. And I'll just have the additional like salads or veggies or whatever. So... We, we eat pretty boring. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're pretty boring. We kind of eat the same thing all the time, but it's what works. And then it allows me to have the little, you know, extra things, the tasty stuff, you know, that, that I crave or whatever. Like mm. I'll still eat chocolate once a day or whatever it is, mm. but 90% of my meals are really healthy meals. Um, and I find that sure the flexibility is great and I can go and have that burger and chips when I want to have it every now and again but then to be honest with you do I feel great afterwards no Mm. does it affect my training yes if I want to go and have a few drinks and go out and party with friends sometimes yes I can do that in my off season sporadically but then again the same thing do I feel great afterwards no (laughs) like like does it affect my training yes Mm. so like sometimes I weigh up like what are the pros and cons like if I have, you know, this can of vodka, whatever, and it's 110 calories um, or 150 calories versus that piece of chicken and rice or whatever that's going to be the same the, the same calorie amount, but it's going to be so much better for my body, mm. um, why would I do that? Like, mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, sure, it's fun there and then, but it's like I am... You know, I, I live and breathe what I do. I live and breathe the sport and it means so much more to me than going out and feeling like shit for a week after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it. Like the reward of winning is much greater than the reward of, let's say, having a night out. Because then if you don't win your competition or whatever you're going for or feel like you've given it your best you'll know that you have these things that you potentially could have not done. Yeah, and, and it's not even about winning. It's just about feeling good in my training. Like yeah. I absolutely that, – that's the other thing about competing. I think it's just knowing really what you, why you're doing it. Like are you really in it just to, to win a medal at the end? No, like I'm not in it for that. I'm in it because the process drives me and inspires me and motivates me and the training, like I'm so obsessed with the training and – when I don't have a goal, my tr- my attitude to training actually does change. So if there's a goal in the end and it's not, not winning per se, but it's like the fact that there is a there is an end point, there is a stage that I need to get up on and demonstrate my hard work, then it's sort of that, that process is what I'm in love with. Like, mm. you know, and if I know that crappy food and whatever, whatever is going to affect that process, then that's kind of like you know what I mean, where I kind of mm. weigh up the pros and cons. But every now and again, sure enough, I still do it because I have to. Like mm. I have a husband that doesn't compete. He likes to go out and have a drink. He likes to go yeah. and have fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I need to be a wife. I need to be a friend. I need to do all of those things. And in your off season is, is when you actually have the flexibility to do so. It's not when you're in prep. And he understands that. If I'm in prep, I won't go out. 
<laughs> like I'm in Have bed. Fun. I'm in bed every night at a certain time. You know, he understands that for those five months, three to five months, I'm in prep mode. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Yeah, so, but, like, you have to have that support system as well, which 100%. is quite rare because a lot of partners may be like, oh, you know, you're, and, you know, obviously we don't want people to be in relationships like this, but, like, yeah. they may not be as supportive and understanding. They yeah. may think it's, I don't know, selfish, or they may think it's, like, come on, it's just this, it's just that. Yeah. It's pretty important. And even the fact that he's help, helping to cook and, yeah. you know, there's so much more than just cooking and sleeping, but, you know, those... Like with bodybuilding, those things are are very important, hundred percent. And you can't just really, you know, get on with three hours of sleep consistently or four hours. Like I had a day yesterday where I slept three and a half hours and woke wow. up early for a podcast. Yeah, and I I, I trained, but it was terrible. It was yeah. horrific. I like s- substituted every exercise for the easiest exercise possible. Yeah, <laughs> I even took some out of the workout. Yeah, I was just like, I can't do this. So like, instead of squats, I did leg press. Instead of something, I did leg extension. I just did everything that was just seated. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I should. Were your (laughs) eyes closed too? (laughs) (laughs) Like I just wanted to sleep. I probably should have slept. That like, like like that probably would have got me more benefits than doing a shitty training session. But like, yeah, yeah, you can't get away with things like that, especially if you're doing it and you're up against people. Once again, it's not about winning, but at the end of the day, you are standing on stage against people. Yeah, you know, like they are probably trying to get more sleep, and they're making the same choices as you are so you have to really stay dialed in it's important yeah. to have that support system oh absolutely and don't get me wrong we've had you know we've had difficult times mm. you know as as a partnership because that's essentially what a marriage is right and you, you both have to pull your weight and you know competing can be a selfish sport mm. but it's also again going back to being a seasoned competitor when you first start out knowing when you are being selfish and knowing and being really self-aware in a prep is super important when you have a partner and when you have kids and when you have Mm. a household you've got to understand that it's your choice to compete this is my choice this is my sport it shouldn't be affecting my family it shouldn't be affecting my relationship so there are boundaries that you have to set yourself and there are you know you have to be very self-aware of like for example you know how people say oh they get hangry like in prep and they get it moody and all this stuff it's like yeah I went through that in the early stages I would be that person I would get really grumpy if I couldn't get my meal in or whatever and it's like I don't do that anymore like Mm. I I internalize that (laughs) you know what I mean I don't voice those feelings Mm. yeah you really have to because I don't want to be unpleasant my whole prep for my partner. I don't want to be a moody mum. Like I don't I don't want to be that person if this sport is is what I choose because I, you know, say that it drives me and makes me a better person, then I have to really demonstrate that it is making me a better person, not making me the opposite. And at the end of the day, you've decided to sign up and you've decided to train and to have these meals and things like that. Like no one has really forced you to do that. Yeah, so exactly. you can't you can't whinge about it. Yeah, because you've voluntarily like walked into it. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. Just like, like if, if you're just voluntarily to do something. It's self-inflicted exactly. pain, so mm. you can't be whinging about it. Yeah, and know? no one likes a complainer as well. No one wants to be around that energy. No, no. Yeah. and if you really do love the sport, then you've got to love the process, the good and the bad, the shitty days where you literally have no energy, but you're, mm. you know, picking yourself up and going to do your workout regardless and you're giving it your all. Like, you have to do that, you know, and and 
and love it, I guess, mm. right? So what does your training look like? Um, so at the moment in and off season, I'm currently sticking to like seven week blocks. Um, so six weeks. Seven week with one program? Yes. Seven weeks, one program, six weeks, and then a week deload. Um, and I'm loving the deload weeks, not going to lie, because I'm really pushing myself with these, um, this training because it has changed quite a bit. I've changed federations. So um, I won an Australian title in 35 plus in WBFF last year, and I decided to switch to IFBB. IFBB bikini is a very different ball game. Um, the bikini criteria is extremely different um, compared to WBFF. Yeah, but it's um, the same... It's still bikini. It is bikini, but um, so WBFF, for example, they don't look for, um, you know, like muscular delts, for example. You don't, they don't really want cap delts. Um, they don't want too much conditioning. Um, so there, there's a level of muscle that you kind of need to have to mm. stick to the bikini criteria. And it's very quads and sort of glutes like that's kind of like the look. quite bottom heavy quite bottom heavy um and whereas ifbb bikini it's very very different it's more focused on glutes and like ham tie and delts and like small waist and not like really they don't really want much quad either right. so i had to pretty much yeah, that's a very different yeah look yeah and training program like i'm just thinking of exercise selection in my head as you're talking i'm like that's a very different way to program yeah i mean i'm pretty much just training delts back glutes and hammies mm. literally i don't train quads i don't train anything else well some some <laughs> elements of your quads will come through with the other exercises right so though yeah. and if you just maintain the size of your quads just from some of the accessory work that they get with the exercises that you do it might just maintain itself out yeah yeah and I've loved it because it's given me new um, new life in the gym because it's a different style of training. And um, just the, the fact that I never really used to focus on upper body was also really exciting for me because I've fallen in love with upper body training. And back in the day, if, you know, you had asked me like upper body day, are you excited? I would have been like, hell no. Like I used to hate it, but it was only because I was not good at it. And you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wasn't very strong. And now building my strength in my upper body has been really, really exciting um, just the different approach to training in general has been really exciting and really kind of edging my, educating myself along the way as well in terms of how to really, really train your glutes. Whereas I think back in the day, I used to th think I was training glutes, but I think it was more like my back and, you know, different <laughs> muscle groups or my quads, for example. But um, yeah, so I've learned so much along the way. And I think that's why, again, like I just love the process so much. Mm. You know. and, and what split are you doing? Um, so, okay. It's the question so, everyone likes to ask. What, what split so are you doing? Typically, I would be doing lower upper split and it would be three lower to upper. But at the moment, I'm actually training glutes five times a week. Mm. So it would be glutes delts, glutes back delts, um, and then one day with just glutes. Like it's – sorry – Okay, so I'm kind of confusing myself. So Monday, for example, is glute back and delts. And mm -hmm. then Tuesday is just lower body. And then Wednesday will be, again, glutes, delts. So it's hitting them every single day and it's like volume across the week as opposed to volume per workout. Mm. And 
I have responded really well to it so far. So this is probably my third week in this block and I have never felt my glutes burn this much. (laughs) (laughs) Like it has been, and it was funny because at first I I saw the program and I messaged my coach and I was like, ah, what is the logic behind this? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a because it, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. It's it's a lot of volume, but um, I, I obviously prioritize recovery as well. So mm. I'm getting massages one to two times a week. Um, really making sure that I'm stretching and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's I'm responding to it really well so far. So mm. yeah, and I'm sure it'll change the next block, but that's currently where we're at. Yeah. And a lot of people can't really perceive like following a program for like six weeks or seven weeks, for example, because people, and this is something I combat a lot on social media is the like just random workouts that, that kind of frustrate me when people just like jump from workout to workout, not even program to program, yeah, which is like bad enough in itself. Because if the programs don't make sense to each other, then you're just doing heaps of random stuff. Yeah, 100%. But if you're doing like random workouts all the time, yeah. which is what a lot of people do, they'll like save a workout from their favorite influencer, which is cool. You can do what you want. Yeah. But like you can't just do that and then just like do another person that you likes workout and just like expect it to work yeah. and expect to look like that person. Yeah. And if you look at the people that know what they're doing or like some of the best physiques of, of all time and things like that, they follow programs. Yeah. And every program is essentially the same thing, just different variation. It's like it's, mm. like it's the same exercise. And some actually, a lot of the exercises in my current block were in my last block, but it's just adding different variations or different ways of doing the exact same exercise. Really. Yeah, 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 that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and even even with myself because I coach people like. I do get some questions like, "Oh, how come we're doing this again?" And it's like it's it's like the, yeah. there's only so many things that you can do like yeah. we don't just invent exercises for fun like a squat has been around for ages because it's it's a great exercise yeah but there are yes you're right there are ways to make variation within a squat so for example for people that aren't aware like you can do a back squat that's a high bar you can do a low bar squat you can do front squats yeah you know even if you wanted you could use a dumbbell if you want to do goblet squats and then you can do split squats and all that kind of stuff but even within the same exercise if you have a back squat like mm. a high bar squat, for example. Yeah. You can do three sets of 10, you can do five sets of five, you know, you can do, you know, whatever, six sets of seven, you can do what, like whatever you want to achieve. But then within that as well, you can change the tempo. 100%, yeah. And a lot of people aren't even aware of tempo as well. Yeah. Like they're like, oh yeah, I just squat. Like, oh, oh we're doing squats again. It's like, no, 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 it's not a squat. It's a like three seconds down, two second pause at the bottom squat. It's yeah. Very, it's very different. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you can totally progress with those same exercises, just different approach. And Mm -hmm. like look for whatever you have, wherever you have better mind-to-muscle connection is like the key, right? Because like for me, tempo is where it's at at the moment. Like I love it. You should see my workouts. Like everything is super slow, super, super slow. But I just love, I love how it feels. So I fall in love with that style of training. Mm. Um, and, And different, what I mean by different variations, for example, if I'm doing like, I don't know, side raises. Like we're, I'm now doing them on the floor. Like I'll, I'll, we're doing like lying side raises with the cables as opposed to standing because for me, um, my problem is I was always bringing my delts in to do the work. Sorry, my traps. traps. So, you know, just that kind of like finding exercises where you have better isolation, like things like that, which mm. is exactly the same exercise, but 
you're just like having better minds and muscle connection. Yeah, I, I I just programmed for for Built by Brock one of these programs that I do, and there's like a a big kind of like membership of people that follow it, and the and the tempo is like five seconds down for quite a lot of exercises. Yeah. And Ouch. yeah, everyone's like super sore, <laughs> yeah. which is bound to happen with that sort of tempo. But also a challenging thing with five seconds down is you have to drop the weights. Yeah. And that's a good ego check. Oh, yeah. Because if you're, if you're not following that tempo, you can lift much more weight. Yeah. Like you can, I don't know, maybe lift 30, 40% more if you're just like going two seconds down or like just kind of going down and up. Like, yeah. like you would just, okay, we'll just do it comfortably. But if you're counting five seconds, five seconds has never been longer. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. It's such a long way down, like when you're doing it that way. But it's a great way to check if you're lifting with your ego or with your not, like, or sorry, or if you're not, because yeah. it's, it's a different, it, it feels like a different exercise to me. Yeah. And I, and and I'm following it at the moment, like my own program. And I've, like I did a push day, I think it was like maybe three days ago and I'm still recovering from it. Yeah. Just because I wasn't training like this previously and I went yeah. on like a holiday and I didn't really train. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that way. That was this your recent holiday? Has, yeah. Where you said your abs were washed up, but really they weren't? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, I was... I was trying to share something, no, but no, I don't know if I'm I succeeded joking. or not. But <laughs> yeah, I didn't train for, I think I trained four times in like two weeks, which doesn't yeah. really happen. I used to be like, I've, I've probably chilled out more now that I'm, I would say number one, just had a better understanding of training and that like muscle doesn't really disappear. Yeah. Like that's one thing that I was trying to prove with that post, but maybe didn't. But Yeah. No, like, you did. You totally did. Like, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. I would usually lose my shit, like back in the day, lose my shit if I missed a session. I would train yeah. on Christmas Day, I'd train on my birthday, yeah. which is New Year's Eve, and it was like a double whammy. I was, oh, like, wow. I was like, I'm training, like, you know, it was always like the hunt for open gyms because yeah. gyms are always closed, right? <laughs> Unless you're a member of a 24 7 gym, you can yeah. get in. But if you're not and you're traveling, you're like, oh, I have to get somewhere. There are still gyms that aren't 24 7? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's a struggle. <laughs> like in Noosa, like, not that I was going to train outside of hours, but that one wasn't. So I had to, like, you yeah. know, go, in, uh, go in at the right time. But, yeah. yeah, I used to lose my shit and be like, I have to train. But, like, the more I've learned, the more I've understood, you don't actually need to. Like, it's a good habit, too. Yeah. Obviously, you don't just want to, like, slack off for no reason. But if you're on holiday, it's like, man. It's and, and holidays are different when you have kids. Yeah. You know, as you would know. Like yeah. well, I, I can't say kids. I have I have one daughter. <laughs> but yeah. you know, and you have more than one. So it's yeah, time becomes more rare. Oh yeah. And just everything is Quick like Quick and kind efficient of- workouts <laughs> are really good on a holiday. Like I yeah. the last holiday that we had, which is a very, very distant memory now. <laughs> but the last one we had, I do remember waking up before everybody so that I could get my, you know, 30 minutes of, of like a workout. And it was a really quick, you know, kind of like holiday circuit style workout. They're yeah. the kind of ones that you want to do. Um, but it just, I just felt great if I did that. And, yeah. you know, I would get back and everybody was still asleep. So winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it didn't affect, and it didn't affect the family holiday, essentially. Just your sleep on the family holiday. Just my sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I was doing. But I, so I could either, I hate training in the morning. I hate doing it first thing. I saw that you train quite early. Yeah. I can't do that. But I I suppose I have the freedom to train a bit later on, unsure of your schedule. Like maybe you don't, but I can't train early in the morning. 
I don't know how you do it. Like even after caffeine hit that would like wake up anyone, yeah. I still couldn't train. Like I just feel weak. Like I did it before we left on our trip to Noosa. I trained at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And man, I was lifting pathetically. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Like maybe you get used to it. I even had like heaps of carbs the night before yeah. to try and like, <laughs> come on, I'm, I'm coming in pumped. And I was like, let's go. And then it was just um, like pathetic. I think that it has improved over time. Like I'm mm. not going to say it was easy at first. And the only reason why I do it three times a week, um, I get up at four. And that's because I work in Sydney. I live on the coast. And it's, it's the trip. only time I can do it. Like I can't train after work because I get home and it's go time with the kids. So it's literally the only time I have. And I, I just do it. I just do it. And at first it was really, really challenging and I had to get used to it. And sure, I, I wasn't my strongest at that time of the day. Um, so it just meant that I had to train with intention and really tune into my body and like mm. get the most out of my workout without having to go super heavy. Um, but I've gotten better over time and it's just become like second nature now. So I, I still have a pre-workout meal. I get up literally like half hey. asleep and <laughs> I, I like, and I cook, I, I make um, overnight oats. So they pretty much eat yeah, the same nice. pre-workout meal. So I get up, take it out of the fridge, eyes half open, like eat it and then, you know, get ready and kind of, and then it takes me about 40 minutes um, like from the time that I get up to the gym and then I do my activation exercises. So I do all of that while I'm still di digesting because essentially like it's hard to train when you're still digesting, right? Mm. So it's good that I do my warm up and my activation and then by the time that's done, it's been about 45 minutes since I had the meal and then I'd get my caffeine in. So then I, right. then I have my, you know, toxic caffeine <laughs> pre-workout. Do you take coffee or do you actually take a pre-workout? I do a pre-workout. Uh, yeah. I've given up pre-workout. Nasty, nasty stuff. Like green um, and purple. <laughs> like, like, what is this? Like you're literally struggling to drink it. Um, but I do that. And then I also have Gatorade, Gatorade power during my workouts, which is the carbs. So I just have that energy coming in. Okay. And I actually feel really great. Like mm. I feel great in my workouts. Um, the only time I won't feel great is where I have less than six hours sleep. So I, I aim for six, seven, mostly seven, but sometimes it's six. Um, if I get less than that, ugh, rubbish. It's a challenge. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I've like structured it and mm. just gotten used to it. Um, and I'm a morning person, which is obviously works to my, you know, advantage, like it's an advantage because I'm, I'm pretty much like, I'm always on, I'm ready to go in the yeah. morning. Like yeah. that morning routine would be even worse if you were hating it. Yeah. Like if you were a night owl and you were trying to do that, that would be impossible. Yeah. Like my husband's a night owl. Like yeah, there's right. no way he would train at that time of yeah, the day. Yeah. He's probably going to bed. You're like waking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think my mistake was I did it fasted and that's... Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I, like I was just like, hmm. It was too early to eat for me. Yeah. I was like, this is like... Because I just like woke up and left straight away because we were flying. Yeah. Um, but during the day, I need to have a few meals behind me. Like I have a big calorie budget. I eat like three and a half thousand a day. Yeah. If I'm to maintain my weight. Yeah. Um, so if I'm building, I'm, I've got a pretty generous amount. <laughs> like I can, yeah. Wow. I can, I can eat quite a lot. Do you ever struggle to eat all that? 
Yeah, sometimes. Like if I'm really busy at work and things like that, I look at my calories and I'm like, man, I got to eat 2,000 calories and it's dinner time. Ooh, and I'm just like, yeah. so sometimes I can just really go for it. So so that's where flexible dieting is good because like I can like on most Fridays, either a Friday or Saturday, I'll go to grilled with my wife or like we'll get it in. Um, and then like once baby's down, we'll like have dinner and yeah. I can have like three meals. Uh, sorry, three burgers and like chips and stuff like that. And yeah. that's... Man, sometimes that meal is like 2,500 calories yeah. or like 2,800. Wow. So, and the, the fat is like astronomical. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's the fat. It's over 100 like <gasps> in that meal, just oh that meal alone. So when I'm tracking, tracking, I have to really put aside calories. Like I'm like eating like a peasant throughout the day because yeah. at dinner time, it's going to be huge. Yeah. Because like recently I did like nothing compared to you, but like a cut just because I... I was running a challenge and I was doing it with my with my members. Oh, and nice. I, I think I only dropped, I only wanted to lose three kilos. So yeah. I'm like you, I like to do it slow. And like for someone that was like, I started at 92 and that's pretty slow for someone that's like 92 just to lose. Like it was like almost like 500 grams a week. So right. I, I didn't even feel it. Yeah. Because my maintenance was like 3,500. I was at 30, my first four, my first five weeks, I was at 3,300. It was just nothing. Like 200 calories, you... You yeah. don't even feel that. No. And it just came down and then I was like, oh, I better go to like 3,100. So I was there for three weeks and it was finished. I was like, oh. Like <laughs> I didn't even feel like I was on a diet. But before that, I was like, yeah, I wasn't tracking and I was just kind of like eating a lot of grilled burgers. Oh, God. So I think I was at like four, maybe four and a half on some days. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm on 2.6 and I feel like every now and again, I really struggled to get it in. Yeah. I have to be. That's quite a lot. Yeah, I have to be consistent through, during the day. Like I think where I get stuck is if I'm at work and super, super busy and I, yeah, um, I'm work. not able to get my meals in mm. and then I get home and then I realize I still have like 1,500 calories, which is really hard for me because like one meal, like for example, the other night I had to eat like, I don't know, 350 grams of rice with like 200 and something grams of meat and it was like I was literally about to like right. by the end, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like really struggling. I said to my husband, like, I, I cannot finish this. Mm. So I sat there and like – digested for 20 minutes and then i finished <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes you have to do that yeah. but i like enjoying a bigger meal at night time so i kind of that's kind of how i work right i like bigger meals so i don't snack yeah. i'm not a snacker i don't I've, I've never liked snacking i'm not sure why yeah i like bigger meals but so i'll have like so my breakfast will be like 800 900 calories yeah and i just have yogurt and i just like throw things in it like muesli bars anything yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know peanut butter honey i'm just like yeah cool God, some berries <laughs> yeah i know it's like well with 3500 calories you kind of have to because if i was trying to eat that super clean that would be very challenging oh, so yeah. for me i'm like I, it sounds like I'm just having fun and like doing whatever, but I'm like, it's kind of like making the calories a bit easier. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I usually have a smoothie and that's easy as. Oh, easy, Like drinking yeah. calories, like I'll put 1500 calories down like nothing. I'll be like, yeah. this is easy. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I might have like an, another 800 calories for lunch or something like that. And then I'll have quite a big dinner. Mm. But I like that because like all my work's done for the day. I'll get home and then I'm like, eat like a, you know, just like a, pick out and yeah. then i'm like oh does it sleep. affect your digestion or your sleep nah, no i've 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 been a good sleeper since i was young so i could just i don't know and and same thing with training because i was yeah. a personal trainer on the gym floor yeah i used to smash like massive meals and just go train just because i had no other option wow so i would go to guzman gomez and like eat two burritos yeah and then just you train have a really good metabolism like, yeah that sounds of it I've, I've had that since i was little just like eating a lot but i i think i have um like a genetic 
thing where I just like fidget a lot. Like some people have, like some people just sit there and yeah. they're cool. But I'm like under the table, like my my knees like go up and down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know how oh, people have the same. that. Yeah, I'm yeah. The same. So these people generally have higher higher calorie allowances because they just burn more calories in general. But yeah. some people just sit there and they're cool. They're yeah. just like, mm, you know. But when I talk, I go like this. Mm-hmm. When I sit there, I like tap my feet. I I don't even realize. Yeah, I do this thing where I always scratch my nail. Like I <laughs> like I yeah. need to be fidgeting. It's just movement. Yeah, it is. Movement. So with that. It, it's called your neat levels, which you're probably aware of. Yeah. Which is like can be seen as like you're walking and stuff like that. But then there's also things in the middle, which are like when you touch your hair, when you move your hands. Mm. And just I have like a tendency to do things. So like like even at home, like I'm more aware of it because I have a daughter now. Like I'll, I'll play with her, but I'm like running around and like dancing or like doing stupid things like instead of yeah that's a great thing (laughs) but i'm i'm yeah i'm like a fun person because i like moving like if i'm just sitting down i'm not just sitting down usually yeah i'm like burning things so that allows me to have more calories so yeah drinking calories is like a big thing for me that helps Mm. and like sauces and things like that that really keeps me going because sometimes i have to eat more and sometimes when you're eating cleaner foods, it's like a bit dry and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not a foodie. So I'm just like more of an eat for fuel dude. Yeah. So, and you kind of get like that sometimes in fitness because you're like, that's what it is. Like, you're like, I'm not hungry, but I have to do it. Or you just get used to eating kind of blander foods. Yeah. And just because you're trying to get it in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just want to be healthier. Like you don't want the mayo and the sauces and stuff like that because it builds the calories up. So you just kind of yeah. get used to it. Um. I'm not big on sauces. Oh man, like I'm I've never, yeah, I've never. I'm really. from New Zealand, so tomato <laughs> sauces. On it, on. Well, that's what I blame it on, but I put it on everything. I, I insult oh, that's my, my daughter. Oh really? <laughs> she could have tomato yeah. sauce on tomato sauce. She would have it. Yeah, it's a kid thing. I just never really grew up. <laughs> so, what does a a day of like actually competing look like? So, take us through the day of when you when you won your last show last year um so again i think one of the reasons why i wanted to leave wff was because it's a really grueling day it's Mm. like it's so much fun so much fun but it's Mm. really long and tiring so you're up at like four o'clock and with wbff um it's um so you get you have different um outfits like like you have to do a dress round essentially and then you do the bikini round but like it starts you know at four or five in the morning you get your makeup done and then you're pretty much waiting around um so you either go back to your hotel room or whatever it is and you're getting your meals in checking in with your coach to practicing your posing doing all of that stuff until you're backstage and then you're um you know waiting to get on stage and like i said you have different rounds mm. um so yeah, it's it's a really, really long day backstage and sometimes it's like, you know, quite tough because um, by that point you're already exhausted. Mm, and starving. Um, yeah, but you're also running on adrenaline because the day has finally come, right? You've been prepping for all these months and it's like the day's and... finally there and you're just running on adrenaline and it's so exciting. Um, but with me, I got to a point where the reason why I changed um, federations was because I kind of got over the dresses and the glam and all of that additional stuff. I just said to myself, I really want just bodybuilding. Like I want the process um, to be bigger than 
all of that stuff. Like, I, you know, they do a registration. It's a bit more glamorous. It is really glamorous. It's kind of like, you know, they call it like beauty, um, pageant. beauty pageant with muscles. You know what I mean? And mm. it was really fun and I loved it for the first couple of years. But, you know, I, yeah, it's not really me. It kind of just didn't really align with me anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just really want to do just just bodybuilding. I just want to be, consider myself just an athlete. I don't, the other thing that I just didn't really like was in the first few years, I found myself being influenced by what came with that world as well. Like, um, you know, as I mentioned to you before, we were having a conversation just in regards to like, you know, looking for sponsors and, and being active on social media and having a large number of uh, a following and all of that mm. stuff. I did all that in the beginning. And I think I was just doing it for the wrong reasons. I think it was just because I thought that's what I had to do as an athlete, as a bikini competitor, to get exposure, to get likes, to get, you know, the federation to, um, you know, like me or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so I was doing all of that. I had all the sponsors. I had a, you know, I don't know, I can't remember if it was 20,000 followers or whatever on Instagram. And I look back now and I just, <laughs> like, it was fun for the time being, but... I just yeah. could not, like, it just was not me. Yeah, nothing's going to last if it's not you. Yeah, it was really not me. Um, you know, I didn't, I found myself doing things on social media or posting in a way that was just, did not align with who I was. And every now and again, I would check myself and then delete the post. I'm like, why am I posting this stuff? Mm. Like, I was just so influenced by the whole world that came with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't regret anything, but at the same time, like I think that's why I say I've evolved as a competitor and I've evolved mm. as an athlete. And now, like I don't have, like I deleted that Instagram account. I was so over all these weirdos messaging, right? And yeah. then just all this stuff that came with it, just like, it was time consuming, <laughs> energy consuming, energy consuming, time consuming. Like I didn't want to keep up with the post and standing next to a supplement and saying, "Hey, buy this." Like mm. I just did not want to be that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so now, yeah, private Instagram, I, 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 I control who follows me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it's so weird to me now when I think about like how, I don't know, like how people, how you open yourself up to getting people's opinions, like complete strangers. Mm. Like it's just, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like, well, in your sport, there is a lot of that. Like sometimes I've seen some, some rumors or maybe just some posts around like people are unsure if they want it because they deserved it or if, is it because they bought so much attention to yeah. the sport or yeah. to that event because they had X amount of followers and things yeah. like that, which seems unfair yeah. But then there's also this element of like, that's kind of where everything is heading. Like, yeah. well, not where everything is heading, but that's like kind of like currency these days, like followings and I don't know how many comments and how many likes you get. And it seems so stupid because yeah. it's like, it's just on your phone. Yeah. But then you can see it from the business side of running the event. Like they want as many eyes as possible too. So it's yeah. like, it's become this mix of like, are you the best, which should be the most important. But then there's like this background floating thing of like, okay, yeah. but how many followers do you have? Who's sponsoring you? And yeah. like, who are you? And, and people you know, often what are you actually about? ask those questions. Like, do you need to have, I remember when I was with WBF, I remember people would actually ask the questions to the people of the Federation. Um, you know, do you need to have a big Instagram following to be successful? And like, when you think about that, how ridiculous is that? Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's mm. a sport. Why mm. does, like, your Instagram have anything to do with what you're That's doing? That's true. That's true. 
true. Um, but that's where it starts to get grey, you yeah. know? Because, like, if you think of a sport, like, if you think of jujitsu, right? You either win or you lose. Like, your arm either could get broken and you yeah. tap or your arm just breaks and you lose. Yeah. Like, it's it's a bit easier to define who wins or loses. But with yeah. something that's up to... There are some objective things that you need to tick in a criteria, like you're saying, yeah. like delts and glutes and all that kind of things. But then there's these, like, subjective things that are, like, maybe they don't really say is on the scorecard yeah. that do influence, like, do influence who wins or loses. I think with, yes, WBFF, it's very much marketability. Like, it, it really depends on your overall look and your presentation and your posing. A lot of that has to do with mm. how, how you um, place. And I love the stage. And I think that's why I did well, because I love the stage. And that really shows when I'm on there. So call me a show pony. That's what I become. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why I become on stage. But that's because, also what they want. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, I loved, I, I genuinely love being on stage. Um, but what I, but what I really want now is I want to be judged on my hard work. I want to be judged on my physique. I want to be judged on how well I can fit the criteria. Mm. That's which is what it should be about. 100%, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I think I'm just, it's kind of like reignited this passion for bodybuilding just because it's a complete different approach now. And I think, I, I look, I think to myself, why did I, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. I think like, like when I hear that, I see both sides, especially because I'm so active on social media. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not a competitive bodybuilder, so, yeah. so whatever. But I guess I'm just more so trying to get my name out. But but you're not out there to say, hey, look at me, look at my body, right? Mm. So, yeah. you know, you're, I, you, it's your I definitely business. did at the start because that's what I thought. That's kind of just like what you – like, social media was so new. Everyone was yeah. just like, what do you do? So, it's like, yeah. oh, you just put photos up of your body? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's like – like, oh, that's a personal trainer. Oh, like, we all do it. Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was young too, so people were figuring it out. Yeah. And then you also have to figure out what sort of attention you do want because, as you said, you know, you got some creeps and, you know, I get my fair, fair share amount of it. And yeah. it's like, well, then what – like, is it – is it their fault or is it because of what you're posting? Because you could be like, oh, I'm not about that. Blah, blah. But then you like post photos that are like that. So it's like... That's the attention you're drawing It's in. like, yeah, it's a bit of a question mark. Yeah. So like I've definitely gravitated away from... Like I used to post like a lot of workouts and things like that. Um, and I used to post a lot of shirtless stuff. Like I said, like at the start, it was like... Yeah. I thought that was what Instagram was about. Like that's yeah. what you do. You just like post workouts and you post like shirtless selfies and everyone's like, yeah, you look good. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I was like, oh, like I actually want to be a coach and be a, really, be a really good one. Yeah. I was like, oh, I need to actually like educate these people. And then yeah. I really dived into education. That's why I stepped away from face-to-face personal training so yeah. I could go online and then I could learn more because I'd have more time. So yeah. then I'd be smarter than other personal trainers. And that's how I would get business because I was like a better coach as opposed to just like a better body. Yeah. Because if you want a better body, then, you know, you jump on a cycle and then train really hard. And then you're <laughs> like, well, I should be the best personal trainer now. Yeah. But sometimes that's not what people are looking for. Often they're looking for someone that can actually get them from A to B. Yeah. There are some people that want to look like you and that's understandable. But ultimately people just want to get the job done. Yeah. Like they want their, I think there's they're just paying a you for a service. And knowing where that fine line is, like, you mm. know, obviously you have to look the part, you know. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, 100%. Like I I wouldn't want a personal trainer that looked unfit, that's for sure. It'd be challenging to digest. And it, and, and then I, th- I think I'll just have a lot of questions. Yeah. And be like, okay, so you know this stuff. 
why don't you do why it? Why don't you do it? Exactly. <laughs> you feel like a therapist, but yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a genuine question. And I worked in a gym with trainers like that. And like, it definitely doesn't replace knowledge. Because if you're like, like, let's say if you know a lot, but you're not applying it, I, I would still appreciate that knowledge. But then you'd kind of be like, but then, yeah, why don't you do it? Yeah. But then if, if someone's like a really good body, but doesn't know much... I think I'd probably rather train with the other person because they know more mm. because you're getting that knowledge. But I think it's definitely both. Yeah. Like if you yeah. have that knowledge, then you should really be applying it. Yeah. If you kind of know what you what you say you know. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I try and stick to. I just enjoy training. That's why I do it. We are talking about it before. Yeah. You're like, so what are you, like, how's your training going? I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> all, like, I don't really have a concrete goal at the moment. I guess I'm kind of searching for one mm. and I do jujitsu. So I just feel like at the moment, it kind of feels like my training complements my jujitsu, but then I'm like, I'm already strong and that's all that it really needs to be in jujitsu. Because yeah. if, if I can bench 150 or 160 in jujitsu, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because it's just like. You can, if, if you can bench press 150, you can push someone off you. And is that your priority? It's jujitsu over training, would you say? <sighs> Look, the, <laughs> they're both hobbies. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm not getting paid to work out. Yeah. I'm like, not that it's about making money, but I'm yeah. also not getting paid to, to train because well, that's a hobby. Maybe I, I should reframe that question. Maybe like what fuels your fire more? At the moment, it's jujitsu. Yeah. Because it's more exciting at the moment. I think I joined jujitsu or began jujitsu because training after 14 years and working in the fitness industry and studying it and writing programs all day, every day, you kind of get a bit like, what else could I do? Yeah. And I was a big sport player when I was young. I played rugby, volleyball, basketball, everything under the sun. I did it all at once. So I had really... <laughs> awesome parents that took me to everything because yeah. that's a schedule just taking kids to practice yeah so i did all of that stuff and then when i got into lifting weights i just stopped all of it mm. and that's all i did was lift weights and i i really put all that energy into weights and work so it was like weights and work that's all i did yeah and now there's like other elements of my life that i want to like well you know i'm married and i have kids and i and i still really enjoy my work but with training i was like man it's it's it wasn't stale because i still love it and I, and I appreciate that, like, especially this holiday I just did. Yeah. I really missed training. I was like, man, I can't wait to train. Yeah. But I was at a point where I was like, oh, I'm a little bit overtraining. So with jujitsu, it's exciting because it's new and it's, it's a lot of technique. Like with exercises in the gym, technique's not a problem for me. I know everything to do with training. Obviously, I can always improve and there's new exercises potentially to learn or new ways to do things that yeah. I'm always aware of. But yeah. generally, you know, you know how to do a push-up, you know how to do squats and all that kind of stuff. You know how to tick the boxes. But with jiu-jitsu, like technique is a bit more endless to me. It's like, mm. what is this? And I'm using my body in, in, in a way that I've never really done it and I'm understanding concepts. And then there's stand-up wrestling part of it then there's like on the ground and then there's yeah. different positions and all this kind of stuff so for me at the moment i'm like this you're is challenging yourself in so many different ways yeah i'm like this is exciting yeah and that's what it is it's like not having something to challenge you and a like, i guess a, like a goal of some sort where you're you know you're driven by that then yeah training can become stale yeah like depending on what type of person you are like for example my husband trains to feel good he doesn't necessarily want 
to have a, a goal or, you know, he doesn't necessarily care about following a, a program each, you know, six to seven weeks or whatever. He, yeah. he just wants to go and feel good mm. and, and that's what he does and he's happy doing so. And that's great, mm. you know, whatever makes you happy, depending on what type of person you are. For me, I'm very goal-driven So, mm. and I'm assuming you might be. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't have a goal, I just like flail about and <laughs> and then you just kind of feel like disappointed in yourself because you feel like you may have just wasted time. So yeah. yeah, I like having that goal as well because you feel like you're moving somewhere. Yeah. But then I, I feel like sometimes there's elements of your life where you can be very goal oriented and then sometimes you, you really aren't. Yeah. And I feel like we only have, I, I talked about this in a post the other day, like we have a hundred points of energy. Like this is just one way to look at it and you can like choose how much you give. So like with training, you know, you might give 80 and then you might not have much left over for other areas. So that may be like less regimented because you're like not as, you don't have as much energy to do it because you can like regiment and structure, but it's quite hard to have like a perfectly balanced life. It's more like... What is balance? I hate <laughs> yeah. that word. <laughs> yeah, me too. It just doesn't exist. But yeah. it's it's more like, yeah, like where do you put your energy at the moment? And I like to think of it as points because then you understand that it's finite. Mm. When you think of like energy, sometimes you think it's this like magical thing that doesn't end. Yeah. But if, if, if that was so, we would just have these like awesome lives and just never get burnt out. Yeah. But it's kind of like at the moment, like quite a lot of energy goes into like, for me, like jujitsu and like family and like work and things like that. So when I'm doing weights, I, I need to follow my own program that I'm writing for other people because yeah. I don't really want to think about it. Yeah. Because if I'm writing another program for myself, that's like more time and more energy and things like that. So I know that I write good programs for other people. So I'm like, oh, I'll just like do my own program. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I just have less energy for it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wish that we could keep track of our body battery and just kind of really know where we're at throughout the day. Mm. <laughs> Actually, we were talking about this uh, like uh, with my wife and I, like because we've been flying on holiday for a while. Yeah. I think everyone's batteries are like dead. Yeah. <laughs> like they're so exhausted. Like we'd get on the plane and everyone is like, <laughs> like yeah. everyone's just like out to it. Like yeah. everyone's like, it, it's like super loud. It's super bright. And and it's not comfortable to be in a seat. Yeah. Yet, like all the adults are just like gone. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people are beyond tired. Oh, 100%. We're always- I would put myself in that category too. I'm not saying that these guys are at, like, I was yeah. like, man, I could have slipped like that too. Yeah. And that, well, that's why time's going so quick because it's like you're always <laughs> moving and doing something. And mm. if not, you're asleep. If you, you know what I mean? It's like work, train. Like this little, like I was talking about this the other day where I literally, as a parent, which you might come across now or soon, but um, you literally have to schedule time with your partner because it does, it's, it's not as simple as, hey, we're home together, let's hang out. Mm. You know, you're, you're either cooking a meal or cleaning up cleaning or attending up. to the kids and mm. putting them to bed and then you literally have zero time for anything else because if you don't get to bed by a certain time, then you're not getting your seven mm. hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's nuts. Like we are all like you know, and then socializing. Who has time for that? Yeah, I think um, at the point that we're at, we're not at the point of scheduling time together yet because we only have one child. So like yeah. when she's asleep, we're hanging out. Yeah, that's beautiful. And we're like, and I'm assuming she gets to bed fairly early. Yeah, but yeah. does she stay asleep? That's another question. <laughs> so, like, she's not the best sleeper, our daughter. So, yeah. it's like kind of like um, there's, like, intervals yeah. <laughs> where we, like, she'll put her down, eat, and then she might wake up. So, then we, like, go. But and anyway, so we're not at that yet. But we're yeah. at the point of, like, socializing with other people. Ha- it's like, 
<laughs> has to be scheduled and yeah. like family and stuff like that, yeah. which you don't want to do or admit. But if you don't do that, then you don't see anyone. And then you just become like this hermit. Yeah. Or, like relationship that never sees anyone. Yeah. Which is like. Not healthy. I Well, yeah, it's, it, it's worse. Like you, yeah. like you'd rather be like a regimented and like have see people mm. and do things like that then like just try and leave it up to chance because that chance doesn't really happen anymore like back in the day you know when you're single and you're working and like you have like no responsibilities you could like do whatever you want someone's like hey man you want to come for dinner you're like yeah i'm free yeah now it's like are you serious <laughs> like, yeah today I know. and you're like no nah, i can't do that yeah yeah time just becomes like super precious and it has to be very intentional but one thing i've learned is it has it kind of teaches you to be efficient Oh, like yeah. present with what you're doing. Yes. And maybe when I was younger, I was not as present with the things I was doing because I had more time. So I was like, mm. oh, I can just kind of like... Take things for granted. Yeah, do yeah. a bit of this, do a bit of that. It's cool. You know, this task I could probably do in half an hour, but I might drag it out to two hours and like <laughs> yeah. half do it, half watch a movie and be like, hmm, you know, <laughs> and then like not really do work. But now, like especially during the workday when I come here, I'm like... Let's do this because when I get home, you know, things just just continue rolling. Yeah. Mm. And like I think it's also, um, you know, important over time you actually learn its quality over quantity in terms of who you choose to spend your time with. Um, and, you know, I when I got into this sport, I actually lost friends um, and I've had like, you know, situations where we didn't really understand each other anymore because I guess, again – like people have this perception of the bodybuilding world, you know, and it's sometimes a negative, you know, look on it. And and I, I've honestly lost friends along the way because if they don't really understand me and understand what I'm about, and nor do they really want to, then they're not in my circle. Mm, or were they a friend after, like, you know, initially? Were they, like, yeah. Is, is the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you think you're, your friends would support you, whatever you want to do, as long as it's not harming them or other people. Like, it's making you better. Yeah. You're really enjoying it. So, you think yeah. a friend would just get behind it. I know. There's but, worse things to do. But I think social media just, you know, it has, it's obviously contributing to this, like, the, the way that the bodybuilding world looks, I think, because mm. of a lot of athletes who... I don't know, maybe over-sexualize themselves in ways by posting body pictures. And, you know, I, I'm not saying like I definitely love the fact that you can celebrate your hard work by posting a photo, mm. whatever, in a bikini or whatever it may be. But it's just depending on how you do that and be tasteful. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I don't, I don't follow many people who post those kind of pictures that are really raunchy and that kind of thing. I don't. I don't do that, you know, mm. and I think that's why a lot of people have this perception because there are a lot of people that do, they're into bodybuilding, but then they kind of just, I don't know, it's just a different. Yeah, no, there's that whole side. I'm definitely a side to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely away from that side, but there's, yeah. it's it's like a crossover. It's like, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's kind of becoming like, so personal trainers, it's not a weird thing now that, so I've heard, because I don't follow them, but like, I have a... It's quite strange. I have a following in America that's quite large. Yeah. It's it's bigger than I have a following in Australia and, right. and like New Zealand where I'm from. I don't know why. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a, he's a, he's a Kiwi yeah. and he's not an, he's not an American. <laughs> um, but like, 
it's not weird for a personal trainer to have an OnlyFans account as well. Yeah, I know. And they'll and then I get asked a lot, "Do you have one?" And I'm like, "No." Mm. And then if you think about it, like, why would a personal trainer have an OnlyFans account? Yeah, like that's not so a personal. Common. That's not. It could be, but it's not really a personal trainer because. No. If you were to hire a personal trainer, you'd want them to think about training in their spare time, not trying to like film themselves to sell it online. Yeah. Like you would want a personal trainer studying, you'd training, training people, yeah. programming, you know, doing what a personal trainer should do. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't do two things like that. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, and, and photos and videos and things like that. It's like, how close can I get to sexualizing this that it's not too far? Yeah. But then... With every video like that, like the needle just keeps moving a little bit to like what's acceptable. Yeah. And then there's just this like what you thought fitness was originally. Mm. And like when I first started in 20, oh no, it wasn't then. Oh, well, 14 years ago anyway. Like there were dudes that had their shirts off and stuff like that. But yeah. it was it was never like they're trying to like seduce you. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Hey, I'm Jack. And I was well, like, oh, I want to look like that. But now it's kind of like, hey, I'm Jack. Do you think I'm cute? Oh, my God. Do you want to pay for my OnlyFans? Some only of these reels like, that you see. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> just so self-absorbed. Mm. But, like, I just think, you know, like, that's why I said, like, it, it's how you do it. It's you can do, you, you can post a, a photo of your physique in a tasteful way or, like, I remember back in the day, I wouldn't even post a glute shot. Like, I would totally avoid it. Like, yeah. there is no way you would see a glute shot of me on my social media. Um, and now, sure, I do because I celebrate my progress and it's the way that I do it. It's not, hey, look at my backside. I'm so sexy. It's, mm. hey, I've worked really hard to grow this muscle because that's what I have to do to fit the criteria of my sport. It's mm. not... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's just all in that. And like, I think, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's becoming... Yeah, I, I'm not the... I'm not the biggest fan of the way that it's going. But yeah. I think that there's also... Like, people are playing a part by making that popular. Yeah. And I think that it's important for people that are in the sport, like yourself, like myself, I step into that into that position that like don't go that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there has to be some sort of line where it's like okay like i posted a video yesterday and then there was this guy and i have a lot of like men that follow me right yeah. quite a lot of them are gay yeah and i have a lot of gay clients too <laughs> yeah and even when i was a face-to-face personal trainer i had gay clients too yeah and this guy was like he he posted this because he knows his audience or something like that and i was like like, I don't think, oh, I have gay clients. I'm going to post this video to, like, to try and, like, you know, provoke them in, like, yeah. some way because then that's going to make... I was like... So, like, I replied to him, but I was like, man, like, that is not, like, what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. This is very different. But then there's, like, at the same time, I'm trying to, like, understand where they're coming from. And you can't blame them because there is a lot of people that will do that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, like, massive pages like that yeah. that are doing that. So, it's it's tricky because then they just, like, kind of group you into, oh, you're into fitness? Oh, yeah, 100%. you're like that. And, yeah. like, you are. It's oh, just generalizing. Oh, you're a bikini this. chick? Then, like, yeah, yeah you're... You're this. Yeah, it's it's the way of the world, and like with everything, there's good and bad in everything. There's there's two sides of everything. Mm. So, yeah, sure enough, there's there's two sides of bodybuilding, and it's just because I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, yeah, you know. I I think you've made a great move to think of 
being an athlete and being a bodybuilder because it's getting back to like what is really important yeah. and getting rid of the fluff outside of 100%. it, like the following and the this yeah. and the that. All that fluff, really just what it did in the end, it used to affect me mentally. It used to make me feel like I was an imposter. I wasn't being my true self. Um, I didn't like who I was like becoming. I really mm. didn't like it. And, you know, that's that's why I got rid of all of it. <laughs> mm. Um and, you know, I, I, one of the athletes that I am inspired by in IFBB, she's Laura Lee. She's an IFBB pro. And she, and this stuck with me forever. I remember once she was talking about being an athlete first. I'm an athlete first. The rest comes after. Like, for example, she's very, very picky about the sponsors that she chooses and who's to work, who to work with and what sort of content she puts on her page. And you look at her page and it's very much her workouts the like it's very much athlete first and i was so inspired by that i'm like that's exactly what i want like that's mm. that's exactly who i want to be so with that mentality that's that's you know what i mean comes the actions that that follow yeah i think that's the best way to to move forward like with anything like people are trying to pursue a following before having a reason to have that following yeah it's more like i just want to be famous or i want to be big on instagram i want to be big on youtube it's not yeah. like i want to be good at something that's going to make me big yeah it's kind of the wrong way around or i want to compete because it seems like it's the you know popular thing to do right now it seems like you know what i mean like yeah so yeah again it's backwards check yourself what mm. what are your reasons what's your why um mm. and and my why can continues to be the same it's just you know i struggled a lot with mental health i still do you know having raising a special needs child is incredibly challenging it is a daily daily challenge where i am always faced with having to be my best self to be the best mom i could be and when i'm performing in the gym when i'm doing what i do for myself i feel like i'm at my best so mm. i think that's why i i I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever stop. Do you know what I mean? And mm. when I said to you before, I picked up surfing and I'm like trying to put my energy into other things to see if I get the same high, I guess, the same feeling, um, the same return. But yeah, no, bodybuilding for me just, just gives me that. It just, yeah, it gives me that energy and that drive. Mm. So I think that's why I do it. And, you know, I've like, my daughter is honestly progressing beautifully and doing wonderful things and like, it just inspires me even more because her daily challenge is, is just the small things, the really, really small things, communicating or, you know, doing things um, like self-care, looking after herself. And all of those things are incredibly challenging for her. Mm. Um, and I look at her and I just think, God, if she can do this every day and she pushes to be her best every day. I sure as hell can do the same, you know? Mm. So getting up early and going to the gym every day and doing what I do, sure, it's a juggle. All of this is a juggle, but I can do it, you know? Mm. It's hard, but I can do it. Yeah, I think it comes back to gratitude. Yeah. That, like I, um, so when I was younger, I, lo I lost my mother. And then I I'm had, sorry. since then, I've had an, an overwhelming sense of gratitude yeah. because you understand what it's like to lose something yeah right and or or just experience hardship yeah like and for me i i find this thing especially in jujitsu where if i'm rolling with someone i can i don't know if this is a lie or not but i <laughs> it's a feeling <laughs> that's a bad opening it's a feeling <laughs> yeah it's a feeling i sometimes i feel like 
when I roll with someone, I can tell if they've gone through hard things or not because yeah. it's, it's kind of about how fast they give up. Right. And it's just like a thing in my head that I kind of like keep and, and maybe it's not a right way to measure it, but yeah. because it's so physical and it's so like you're putting people in like tricky positions, you're like, if someone just like, Almost like the passion behind it. Yeah, and like the commitment. And yeah. and even though it's just like, it's just the sport, but so, like, you know, it can reveal a lot. Yeah. And like if it, it could be the same with training in the gym. If you've trained with someone and they stop really early mm. and, and you're like, man, you had two more. And they're like, no, 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 I'm good. Like you kind of yeah. like, mm, maybe you haven't faced as much demons as I have. Yeah. But that sense of gratitude kind of like keeps you going. Yeah. And it keeps you appreciating yeah the things that sometimes people don't even see yeah and i feel like that may you know help you i guess because you're with your daughter you're seeing what what other people have to go through what your daughter has to go through just to get by and then you're like man if they can do that then surely you know i can lift some weights or or do a long day at work or be a little bit more tired or yeah you know stay up a bit later to do this and do that yeah that's why sometimes when you know i have a lot of moms message me and just like you know find me inspirational and just i don't know how you do it i don't know how you do it and sometimes it's almost like i don't even understand why they're saying that to me because it's like i don't know it's just so ingrained in me like it just feels like you know, it's it's simple to me. I don't know. It just seems really simple to me. I, I, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a juggle. But it just seems really simple. Mm, like, I don't know if that makes sense if I'm articulating it correctly. I, I think you're just like a few steps ahead of them. Like you've gone past that point of thinking, oh, this is hard. Yeah. Or, you know, why me? Or blah, blah, blah. Like you're kind of like you've moved on from that. Yeah. Because you've I, – I think we talked about it earlier, how you were – I think it was before we were recording, but but like like you were saying at the start, you're like, oh, it was hard to balance everything, oh, or like, yeah, or training was too hard, yeah. or and, yeah. and and you were kind of like, oh, this is overwhelming and stuff. But yeah. then you've kind of like hardened your shell, or yeah. and just kind of got to a point where like, well, this is just what we have to do. Yeah. So then you just do it. But sometimes people aren't there yet, yeah, and they haven't gone through the 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 shit that you have to go through to be yeah. like, well, it's just what happens. Like it's just. You know, you be grateful and you just do the things that you have to do because, yeah, it's, um, I, I, mean, I don't I know, it just has to be done. The key thing is just really knowing who you are, knowing who you are, knowing the reason why you do what you do. And mm. I think that's what will keep you in check, you know, and I think the messiness from my early days came from not sticking to that, you know, not sticking to who I am as a person, mm. not, not really, um, I guess aligning with the reason why I was doing it in the first place and and doing other things that didn't align with that like so I think that's the key takeaway is just really stick to who you are at the core and you know don't let society or other people drive your decisions you Mm -hmm. know so so how would you encourage people to find that I guess I mean it takes a lot of self-work it doesn't happen overnight so yeah it's it's really just looking within and like really just doing the the work, you know. I, I for me it was, I don't know. I guess it's the challenges that I face with my daughter all the time that make me look within, you know, and kind of understand myself as a person and my reactions and why I do things and why I, you know, act a certain way. And like, I guess she's my mirror, so that's that's probably 
how I've grown as a person. So it would be different for everybody. Mm. But but whatever it is that that makes you hold that mirror up and really, you know what I mean, mm. really makes you check yourself. Yeah, I've found that the 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 tricky times that I've been through kind of give you that time to reset. Yeah. And sometimes people don't have that time to, because like there's been times where I'd, I'd say I've done the self work. Yeah. Where I would never really have done that if I didn't lose my mum, or yeah. if you know, like there's a few things that have happened like not as bad as that that's definitely been the one that's been the most like earth shattering thing of like, course. Oh, what? like yeah. what now but with these hard things that we face you have to kind of like either grow or you could just kind of like get beaten by it yeah. so i feel like we have had this opportunity and we're like well we have to grow to move on and then you do that you do that work yeah that kind of i feel like l- like levels up your character or your resilience yeah because you know i would like hit these times and then there was other times where i turned 20 and i had like this i call it a midlife crisis but i was like 20 so (laughs) i hope i make it longer than 40 but i like broke down because i was doing i was pursuing music and i was very serious about it right because you sing right yeah i sing and i was pursuing it like full on and then i was in a band and we broke up i went to the record label and did it myself Mm mm-hmm so that was pretty full on as well because we were a band. They were in a city that we grew up in. And then I moved to Auckland in New Zealand to be uh, at the happening place, right? For music, Auckland. Yeah. Like, it's not like Christchurch. Like, what goes on in Christchurch? Nothing. <laughs> Especially after the earthquakes, there was nothing there. Right. So I, like, moved to Auckland. They were supposed to come. They didn't end up coming. So I, <laughs> I kind of, like, just moved to a city on my own. Wow. And I was like... Let's make it happen. We did some gigs and then and then I was like, this isn't working. Let's break up. So like we broke up and I was like, what the hell do I do with myself now? Like I was like in my head, I'm a failed singer. I'm a failed this and that, 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 blah, blah, blah. So like I was like on the ground, like <laughs> crying and I was like, who am I? And I thought I was like, you know, it's like the end of the world because I was yeah. 20, you know. And yeah. then I look back now and laugh, but I was like. <laughs> On, Everything is very dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic. I was like, I'm old. And yeah. I was like, I just turned 20 from 19. I was, like, I was like, mate. But that really forced me. I'm grateful for it now yeah. to come back to that thing of gratitude that I mentioned. I was like, that made me grow up and level it's up really quick. Building. Because I was like, well, I have no one. So I couldn't lean on anyone. I had no family there. And I lived in a house full of strangers that I didn't really know. So I was like, okay. So like, I just grew up really quick. Yeah. So I got a job. I started, like, I got qualified as a personal trainer. And then I got a job at a gym. And then I started working really hard. And then these other things kind of just like started coming. But yeah. without that hardship or gratitude to keep pushing on, I would never have like developed into the person who I am. And it sounds yeah. like the same for you. Absolutely. But it's also, you know, not everyone can push through right you know there mm. are people experience hardship and and it and it consumes them and it and it you know they take a different route and i think you know having a support system is is so important and if you don't have it i mean i guess you're amazing you push through that you right but like for me for example i sometimes had my dad step in and give me a reality check like uh, there'd be times where i'd be like i don't understand why like why why is this my life why is it so hard Mm. because there'd be days where we couldn't go out into public because my daughter would have meltdowns and we couldn't do a lot of things we were really restricted you know as a family um and and it would be really hard it would be really hard to get through a weekend because i felt like there was just no respite 
right? And my dad would say very, my dad's very matter of fact. He's very that kind of person that just says wise words, but like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes he would just be like, these are the cards you've been dealt. And it was as simple as that. Like it was as simple as just giving me a reality check that you can't sit there and wallow. You can't sit there and feel sorry for yourself because these are the cards you've been dealt make the most out of it Mm. what are you gonna do do you know what i mean it was just like those words just would like a it was like a light switch for me because i would think you're right she's my daughter i'm her mother i've got to make the most out of this how do i like i've just got to push through i can't sit here and wallow that's not going to do anybody good do you know what i mean yeah and then like if you keep going down that path it can just get spiral it can just get worse and worse and worse lead to other things that that won't be beneficial for you. So yeah. like you have to like stop it and be yeah. like, okay, this is, yeah. Yeah. And as, sometimes as you can do that so. on your own or sometimes you just, there will be a, like someone in your support system. Well, that pre- will- Yeah. Preferably you'd want to, <laughs> you'd want to have other people around. Yeah. 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 I just didn't have the choice. <laughs> yeah. But you obviously did that on your own where you yeah. kind of just said to yourself, let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. 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 Well, well, usually when I wrap up the podcast, I say, like, where can people find you? But it sounds like you're not. <laughs> I don't want to be found. Yeah. <laughs> I will remain anonymous. <laughs> See you later. Um, but, yeah, like, do you want to people, like, to send people anywhere? Sure, um, I will just filter them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, if you um, want to be requested or accepted, you can send in your request. I'm just joking. Um, yeah. No, I am on Instagram, obviously. Mm. Um yeah. Just don't be creepy. So don't be so creepy. For, if you're a creep, you can stop listening. But if you're not a creep, how could people find you? Um, what's my Instagram? Mm. Uh, so it's Cindy. Or like wherever you want to send people or like yeah. say anything. Um, well, so, I mean, I live on the Central Coast. I train at Impact Gym, which is an amazing gym. I it looks it awesome. So yeah, it's so it cool. Because so big the big spacious. warehouse gyms are the, like, I cannot train at an any time or any of those like gyms anymore because it just feel it. like little boxes. Oh, <laughs> my gyms are worse. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, so yes, and it, and it's been great because I've met quite a few girls that compete as well and their mums, so we all gel and yeah, it's great culture there. Very, very, very beautiful culture. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's me. Okay. So, um, yeah. Do you want to give your Instagram one now? Yeah. It's, um, Cindy underscore Cordova underscore Aravalo. That's my maiden name and my surname. Yeah. I was trying to figure that out. I was like, what is yeah. That? I just felt like, you know, I still want my maiden name around and yeah. I never did it officially. I, I just, when I got married, I just became Cindy Aravalo, but, um, my dad's surname is very meaningful to me. I even got it tattooed on my arm. Mm, he yeah. sounds like a wise man. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap it there. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Um, and before we go, I appreciate that, you know, you are a person that's sticking to what you are true to. Yeah. And I think that if, you know, not just the fitness industry, but everywhere else, if people really stick to that, then it'll be a better place because there are a lot of people that are, you know, doing things like we said before, like in reverse, like, okay, how can this get the most views? I'm going to be that person. Yeah. You know, how can this, um, you know, look the best? I'm going to do that instead of just going like, what 
should I do or what feels good for me? Yeah. Like, oh, that feels good. Then I'll do that. It's more so. Does it align yeah, with who I am? Yeah. That should be the door you go in first yeah. as opposed to the final door where you've already gone through these other doors. It's like, yeah. okay, does this look cool? Do I sound cool? You know, um, do I look cool in this? And yeah. will people like this? Yeah. And then the last question is like, do I like this? But it's too late. It should be the other way around because 100%. often it's not going to be what you like. It's like what others like. So. And I think your body will tell you as well. I think you'll have like, if you're about to post something and it's not really who you are, it doesn't align with you. I used to remember getting anxiety. Like gut feelings. Like a gut feeling mm. before posting. You'd almost like, you know, second guess, like, do I post this? If you're getting that, that's already an indication. That's already your body setting, like sending alarm bells. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope people be more like you and yeah, <laughs> I will continue to, to follow that light as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cool. And keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing.